we did get some questions that we didn't include. Like, for example, you know, we're not going to rehash the is hot dog a sandwich debate on the podcast today or is a Christmas wreath a donut? First of all, I would like to say that a hot dog is definitely a sandwich. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. Hi, I'm LC and I'm a storyteller. I'm a passionate chemist who loves to explore and tell stories about how chemistry can change the world. And I'm Danny, and I'm LC's spirited chemistry co-host. I love to bring high energy and positivity to my chemistry, but also my life. Welcome to the Farm to Table podcast. Welcome, folks, to the Farm to Table podcast. We are very excited today to bring you a special edition holiday episode um, where we are here today with Yong Hee Lim, Eric Ashley, and James Rowan, where we have a very special way to kind of invite the audience into our podcast uh, studio. And actually, a fun fact about all of our guests today is that they hail from the South San Francisco uh, site. And so a nice way to kind of elevate the folks out there. So Yong Hee, Eric, James, welcome to the pod. All right. So uh, to get our audience familiar with you guys, why don't we start by having uh, each of you introduce yourself, tell uh, our audience who you are, what you do at Merck, and uh, maybe what's your favorite part uh, of the holidays. So uh, Yoon Hee, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Hi, I'm Yoon Hee Lim, originally from Korea. And how to pronunciate my name is when you get sleepy, you yawn. So that Yoon Hee. I'm a medicinal chemist. I've been at Merck around 13 years. I'm currently working at Merck South San Francisco. And what I'm doing at Merck is designing molecules, tackling chemistry, and optimizing compounds with a team together to deliver the better molecules faster to the clinic. And also catalyzing supporting people's career development for their success. For my fun fact, actually, I like really t- you know, hiking. And also, uh, you know, I really like drawing cartoons and painting because I think art is exactly the same as a science as we create something. And, and what's, my fa- my, what's my favorite holiday? Uh, I think maybe we don't have to work. So I think that's my favorite part. Yeah, it's a good one. So Yong Hee, you're from Jeju, South Korea, correct? Actually, that's my parents' hometown. So okay. it's I know been- you've been in Jeju. My first international trip was to Jeju, which is an island off of South Korea. And that was a wild experience for a woman from the Midwest to just have her first international trip be Jeju. I digress. Um, Eric, would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I work with Yan He here in the South San Francisco site. I'm a, a process chemist instead of a medicinal chemist here. I uh, lead our discovery process chemistry group uh, with essentially the same goals that Yan He mentioned, um, get better compounds faster and try to get them into the clinic as quickly as we can. Um, I started at Merck in 2009, so I guess I'm 13 years in now. Um, let's see, favorite part of the holidays? Well, usually my favorite part of the holidays is going home to Montana and skiing. Um, and we are about to go home to Montana here in a couple of days, but there is no snow. So we, I guess, well, what Lake went on, he said, we will be hiking. It'll be great. Nice winter hiking. That's great. All right, uh, James, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm James Rowan. Um, I've been at Merck about three and a half years, so I'm sort of the baby of the group. 
I'm, um, I do medchem, so I'm in discovery chemistry. I work with both Yanhi and Eric, and yeah, we try and um, make better molecules um, through iterative design. Um, and prior to coming to Merck, um, I did my postdoctoral work in, um, at UT Austin, and I grew up in New Hampshire, so I've been moving around the country slowly but surely. Um, favorite part of the holidays, I'm, I'm a huge lover of Thanksgiving. I love getting everyone together. I love the meal. Um, and I, I'm a, actually, weirdly, I love the squash. So um, you can't find it in some parts of the country um, out here that they're not big on the squash, but I love the squash. So acorn, butternut, kabocha now I like, so. You left off the best one, delicata. You don't have to peel it. Haven't even heard of it. So what? that's a great tip. This is great. I'm learning about new squash. Yeah. Didn't expect that. It's the purpose of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Exchanging ideas. Is yeah. Elevate squash. Um, Elevate squash. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So last month we took to Twitter and we asked our, um, you know, folks on there to kind of like, what kind of dying, burning questions do they have for, um, you know, folks who are working on pharma, um, for folks who are working in pharma. So today we're gonna relay these questions to y'all and we strategically picked you because you are all come from different kinds of backgrounds, um, represent different groups and are at different stages of your careers. And so we think it's really gonna be um, a nice way to hopefully give folks the answers that they're pining to receive. Yeah, and I think, you know, we did get some questions that we didn't include, like, for example, you know, we're not going to rehash the is hot dog a sandwich debate on the podcast today or is a Christmas wreath a donut? Um, but we did actually get some really good questions from uh, from aspiring uh, chemists as well as faculty. Um, so I'm excited to hear kind of what you have uh, to say about that today. So uh, we'll start right away with our first question. Uh, it was submitted uh, by Chibweze, and, and we actually have an audio because uh, he submitted the question via our voicemail on our website. So I'll play you the question, uh, and then uh, James will toss it to you for uh, for uh, first crack at it. Hey, uh, Danny and Elsie. Uh, Chibweze here from Duke University, a uh, friend of the pod. I just wanted to ask what surprised you guys the most when you made that transition from graduate school or, or your postdoc and started working as a scientist at Merck? Like, what has surprised you the most? Uh, yeah. And uh, bye. Uh, thanks for the question, Chibweze. Um, what I would say is that it, what surprised me most was really um, the volume and the pace of things. So I think when you're in grad school, um, you maybe don't realize it at the time, but you have a really, um, really focused structure to how you work and how you think. Uh, your, your problem is, is very narrowly defined most of the time. Um, I think even on expansive projects in grad school, um, when you're working with collaborators, it's nothing like the the sort of breadth that you'll you'll find when you get to industry. So um, one thing people talk about a lot is is sort of how many meetings there are, um, and it's really not just the volume of meetings, but it's the diversity of what sort of information is in those meetings. Um, and so you really have a ton of information coming at you. There's a lot to learn. And so I think a real valuable skill to have is sort of being able to organize um, your time and your thoughts in that environment. Um, 
So yeah, I would definitely say just the, the volume and, and diversity of information coming at you. Um, it, it's totally different than grad school. Much more interdisciplinary, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Great. Uh, Eric, you want to take a crack at this? I mean, maybe from the process chemistry perspective when you, when you first started? I mean, first of all, I would like to say that a hot dog is definitely a sandwich. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, in industry, it's a sandwich. In academia, it's totally not. Uh, let me see. So most surprising thing, I, mean, I should probably say something meaningful like what James just said, but I think instead I'll just relay a little bit of a story. I think the most surprising thing for me was three months in when we were down in the kilo lab trying to crystallize six kilos of intermediate in a, in a heat cool cycle. And so we were cooling down and we get to our seed point and the crystals start coming out and they're beautiful. And I looked over at the thermocouple readout and all of a sudden, instead of the temperature going down, uh, it started to go back up. And so that was just a realization in, in that moment of the, uh, the exothermicity of just a crystallization on that scale is something that all of a sudden we can, we can pick up uh, just by looking at the techniques. So that was interesting. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, we'll talk about this probably some more later, but the pace of things um, when you're in doing a delivery under a timeline and yeah, you've got to make kilos and kilos of things, that's a, that's a different ballgame. Great. Uh, Yunhi, any thoughts you want to add? Sure. Um, I think maybe tons of resource and capability, you know, such as high throughput purification, so we don't have to purify all the compounds, right? And also, you know, the cross-functional collaboration. That's something we haven't really exp experienced in the graduate school, right? I think lastly, maybe we don't have to wash all glassware. I think that's the you know, best part. Definitely the best part. It shocks, no dishes. It shocks people. They're like, we just put it in this bin and it comes back. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but then I I don't trust it fully, so I would hide things that I was like, this is a beautiful round bottom. <laughs> but I digress. Okay, so next question comes from Janessa Smith uh, at Dr. G at UTM on Twitter. Uh, any topics or case studies to help students understand drug discovery better? And Yonghee, I'm going to ask you to maybe uh, tee this one up first. Sure. I, I think there are many drug discovery topics and case studies in the media or publication, but, but I think the best way to learn you know, drug discovery is through real practice. So if we talk about any platforms to help students understand drug discovery better, I would strongly recommend doing internship in any pharmaceutical companies if there is, there is an opportunity. So especially at Merck, we have excellent you know, Merck Future Talent Program. So if any stu students are listening to this podcast, please apply. And, and also, you know, another platform can be attending any drug discovery related conferences or you know, seminars. At Merck, especially, we have a great annual you know, Merck lectureship series in certain schools. So please attend if they can. Oh, that's great. Uh, James, what about yourself? Uh, did you have any things that you found useful in graduate school or since you, you know, in your first few years at Merck that really helped you kind of get up to speed? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll definitely second what Jan he said, um, but um, for some different things, when I started out at Merck, um, we had sort of a list of really key papers from medicinal chemistry journals. Um, and so I would, I would say browsing um, MedChem journals such as J MedChem, um, ACS MedChem letters, uh, BMCL. Um, if, 
there's a ton out there. So a good way to start out would be to maybe look at the most read articles. Um, so you, on all those journals, you can find what the most read articles have been in, in either the last month or the last 12 months. And that'll help synthesize down what are some of the key papers in the field. Um, and that'll give you a, a good sense of what's going on. Um, so that was really helpful for me. It's a great idea. Um, I might actually do that. Uh, Eric, what about yourself from a process chemistry perspective? Any sort of key resources? Oh, I mean, you know, definitely the literature always um, and picking up OPRD a little bit is probably a good idea. I'll say the the two things and actually they're sort of the same thing that were probably the most helpful for me were uh, the first time I got to go to Reactions of Processes Gordon Research Conference and the first time I got to go to Stereochemistry. Um, those sort of week-long chances to interact with people in industry who are actually doing the science and see their posters and hear their talks and whatnot learn a ton from, from doing that. So, And shout out to Stereochemistry. Uh, we're going to run that next summer, uh, Verinder and I. So I hope everybody can make it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right. There's an element of being in the presence of people who do this, do this on a day-to-day -day basis as a student that I appreciated when I visited a conference. I do think it's worth like going back and looking looking at some older drugs, right, where, where there's going to be more um, sort of undergraduate level literature on it. Like the new stuff is all in scientific journals. And if you're like a second year chemistry student in undergrad, like that might be a little difficult to climb. But go back and read you know, news articles on Crixivan and how that was discovered and why, you know, defining the structure of the protein was really important. Um, I, I think those are the kinds of things that certainly inspired me when I was in, when I was in graduate school to kind of uh, undergrad to pursue graduate school in the first place. And these kinds of stories, you know, have been covered in almost the popular media at this point. And so it's a little bit more digestible uh, as well. All right, let's move on to the next question. So the next question actually came from a very good friend of mine, uh, Jason Birch, who goes by uh, at, at Dr. Banjo Crush on Twitter. Um, and uh, it, Jason asks, you know, how do you balance the opposing forces of sort of this route or this molecule isn't good enough and wanting to pursue further optimization versus the forces of we got to go now, we got to pick a molecule or we got to go make a batch. Um, you know, so this is sort of dichotomy between when you know you have something that's ready to go forward. So maybe Eric, you can kick us off in sort of the process chemistry concept of this. Um, uh, give me your thoughts on that. Uh, let's see, balancing these forces, right. Um, so, I mean, one thing I'll say is if you've got the wrong molecule, there's really nothing that you can do. You have to go to discover a better one. Um, I'm sure Yandi will talk more about that in a moment. But um, what I would say about balancing, um, you know, speed and quality in terms of synthesis is uh, if you don't have a good enough synthesis when you start, start anyway and bring the resources and innovate on critical path. Um, we do it all the time uh, and it's, it's super stressful and it makes our hair gray, but we end up with incredible discoveries and the deliveries, interestingly enough, always make it. So yeah, have faith on ourselves, uh, do the amazing chemistry and rock and roll. Yeah, I think you're right, Eric. There's something, and we've all experienced this, even I'm sure students do this, like you have something due in a week and you don't do it right away. And then you're like 48 hours from the end and then you start going. And the fact that there's a deadline really inspires ideation. I think that applies in this case as well. You order raw materials and you know that by the time the raw materials arrive, you're going to have to figure out a way to, 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 to put them together to get where you need to be. Yunhi, what about uh, how this applies to... Um, you know, sort of the molecule selection part of this? I mean, I, I totally agree with what you guys are saying. I think it depends on, you know, priority and importance of that molecule. 
So if that molecule is so important to understand SAR or to get an answer for key studies, we have to get it done, right? So, so I think the best solution would be, I would say, you know, collaborate with our fantastic DPC group here to let them figure out the best synthetic route to procure that molecule. How about that? Nice plug. Thanks. I'll buy a lunch later for that. Sure. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, great. Um, yeah, really good discussion there. Okay, next question comes from Jake Jake Greenwood uh, at Acoustic Chem on Twitter. Uh, can you tell me a moment in your career that you were the proudest and what was the impact of the work that you were doing? So James, how about you kick us off? You're three years in. What are you going to hang your hat on? Well, I think um, this story is sort of sort of goes to the importance of taking time away from the bench. Um, and so early on, uh, I think all the med chemists here at Merck go to the Drew University course, um, which is sort of a primer on med chem. Um, and I remember being in those lectures and certainly learning a lot from the actual lectures, but it was also giving me a chance to just have all these ideas sort of swirl around in my head for what am I going to do when I get back? And um, I remember this one moment where I just was drawing structures, you know, on my on my lecture uh, notes page. And I was just like, this structure is going to work. This is great. Um, I'm going to get back. We're going to make this um, and it's going to be great. And we got back. We made it. And it was really great. And it was just super fun to have had that idea. And, and all of a sudden, just in this, when, when the, the push to deliver, which is sort of the day-to-day -day part of the job, was removed, I was sort of given a chance to synthesize all the data that was sort of in my head and then come up with this, this new idea. And, and that ended up being a really important series um, for us on the project um, that went really far and produced some really great molecules. So um, that was a really good moment. And it's also a plug for taking, a, taking some time away from the bench uh, and, and letting, letting the thoughts almost come to you. I like that a lot. What was the week in the library day, days on the bench? I always butcher that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's an element to this, which is also, you know, spend time doing other things, right? Not just science all the time, because sometimes it'll take you to a different place. Like your mind sort of wanders, you know, you're out for a walk or a hike or you're playing tennis or whatever get, gets you uh, time to step away. And sometimes inspiration really comes that way, right? So a follow-up, Yong Hee, um, what was a moment in your career that you kind of look back on and are proud of? I, I think I would say, you know, moving to South San Francisco side as, as one of the, you know, founding members back in 2017 and, you know, helped building the team and department and site together. And also, you know, have been working with so many talented chemists, including Eric and James here. Uh, and, and also, actually, we've delivered the first preclinical candidate together for the site. So I think that's, you know, what I was the most proud of in my career. Oh, very true. I was sad to see you leave, though, when you went out there. So it was felt. Um, Eric, how about you help us land this plane? What is the moment that you were the most proud of looking back? Oh, man, this one is super esoteric, but... Um but I'm going to try to drive a story through it anyway. Uh, this is back in you know, 2015 at the Kettleworth site, first, first round trip through DPC. 
um, we were working on an olefination reaction to make a dipleroenone, and the you know the Wittig reagent and the Horner-Evans reagent still modified the Massimoni Roush. Nothing was working. Uh, essentially, the reagent wasn't nucleophilic enough, and the product that did get formed was so electrophilic that it would just be oligomers everywhere. Um, we banged our head against this thing for forever, and finally realized that we could design in. Um, an enamine into the starting material, which finally gave us the reactivity that we needed and delivered an imine product instead of the ketone, which was resistant to the oligomerization. Um, it's esoteric because it ended up impacting nothing. All of those molecules died, but it was such a magical scientific moment. I actually screamed victory across the lab, which I've only done like maybe three times in my career. Uh, so I, I love that story. And we have to publish it here at some point. Just haven't gotten to it. That's great. That's great. I think sometimes it's those those little discoveries, right? Those insights that um, when 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 they're validated gives us sort of that it that sort of creative urge, right? Uh, as scientists, and I, I totally I totally get what you're talking about. Okay, so we have one more question for you guys. We're gonna we're gonna get you out of here on this. Um, one of the the last questions is actually one that that, um, that we put together for you, um, and it's because it's one of the questions that we get the most from uh, people when they visit us, when we interview candidates for jobs, or you know, people kind of ask us this question a lot. And we figured let's share at least your perspective on this uh, with our listeners. So, uh, Yanhi, we'll start with you. But the question is, um, you know. What keeps you at Merck? Like, why are you still here? You've been here for 13 years. You every day decide to stay. Uh, what keeps you at Merck? Sure. I think, I think my answer is very simple. Uh, I would say three things. Innovative science. That's the first one. Second, people, you know, who have diverse skills and background. So I learn so much, you know, from them every day. The last one is tons of research. Every, you know, especially, you know, for research, you know, not only scientific research, and but also, you know, people's development resource. We have tons of resource for that. So that's three things that actually keep me, you know, at work. Great. Um, Eric, you've also been here 13 years. Uh, so what's your perspective on this? Lucky 13. Um, I, I, you know, when students ask me this question, I direct them to Yanhi because she's spot on. This is, it's a science first company. It's just an incredible place to do science. Um, and the people here are amazing and they let me be who I am and do great science. And it's, there are not many places in the world you can find that will will be like that. Great, um, James. Any perspective from someone uh, a little bit earlier in their career? Yeah, I mean, I think Eric and Jan he really covered it very well. Uh, I would just say that um, I think what a lot of people are looking for in a job is is one that is both fun and fulfilling, and I think those elements that Jan, he and Eric mentioned helped to make this job fun and fulfilling. So, and I would really call out the people. I think um, Merck uh, does a really good job of hiring absolutely first-class people, both um, from the perspective of being great scientists, but also um, being um, very nice people to work with, uh, very very, it's a very friendly atmosphere. And I think sometimes you don't get that at other places. So I would just say, um, the quality of the people is phenomenal and it makes my day-to-day -day job, um, just a, a total joy. So. Very nice. I couldn't agree more. James, Yonghee, Eric, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Happy holidays, uh, and take care. Happy holidays, everyone. Dashing through the snow. In a one-horse open sleigh, over the fields we go, laughing all the way. 
bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to write and sing a slang song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Thanks for listening to the Farm to Table podcast. This would not have been possible without our fabulous producer, Mark Partridge, and listeners like you. Be sure to check our episode credits where you'll find more details about the show, as well as links to anything that we've discussed during the show. If you find yourself craving even more info, you can find us both on Twitter. I am at Danny the Chemist, and LC can be found at, at, at Dr. LC Squared. But of course, our show also has a handle, and that is at Farm to Table Pod. Farm with a PH, in case you were wondering, where you'll find some behind the scenes action, future episodes, and sneak peeks, and likely some random posts about chemistry, snacks, and whatever else. Of course, uh, we'd love to hear from you, so please uh, interact with us on Twitter. Feel free to post any chemistry papers, Merck chemistry papers that uh, that you found particularly memorable and that maybe you want us to build an episode around. So stay tuned, folks. Because on the next episode of the Farm to Table podcast... Today we're starting uh, actually a special series on the podcast. For the next uh, three episodes, actually, we're going to center on the theme of nucleoside chemistry. And what we've laid out for you is three different topics um, related to nucleosides, highlighting four or five different papers.